sales isn't something you do to somebody. Sales is something you do with people. Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast. The show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and this week's podcast episode is about embracing content and sales messaging. And it's a guest show. I have a great guest joining me. My guest is Nikki Rausch. Nikki is the CEO of Sales Maven, an organization dedicated to authentic selling. And Nikki has a unique ability to transform the misunderstood process of selling. She has over 25 years of experience selling to organizations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Hewlett-Packard, and NASA. And today, entrepreneurs and small business owners from a wide range of disciplines hire Nikki to show them how to sell successfully and without being pushy or salesy. She's a speaker, author, and has a podcast herself. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. It's so nice to have you here. Um, I was first introduced to you by Natalie Ekdahl, actually. So we were chatting. Natalie was a, a client of ours. We worked on Biz Chicks and Stacking Your Team. And she mentioned you. We were talking about sales. And she told me to go check you out. Um, so I did. And I was listening to your podcast. And um, I started to devour your episodes. I absolutely love them. They're <laughs> so, so good. Thank you. Um, thank you for helping me so much with sales because um, your podcast is, is fantastic. Thank you so much. And I thank you to Natalie. I'm such a huge, huge fan of Natalie's and I consider her a mentor and a friend. And I'm just so honored that she would mention me to you. So thank you. Oh, she did. Yeah. She spoke very, very highly. So, <laughs> so that, I think that's a great starting point um, in terms of the podcast. So I mentioned big fan, love it. Sales and everyone go check it out. So my understanding, you worked in corporate positions as in sales for, you know, fair amount of time and then moved to sales maven set up your own business as a sales coach with your uh, programs and coaching and membership I guess like from a content perspective you've got the podcast was that an early stage decision when starting up your business to um, launch the podcast or at what point did you decide to do that to embrace content in that way yeah, it definitely wasn't an early decision. I actually started my business in 2013 and I didn't launch my podcast until last year in 2020. But the reason that I launched the podcast is because one of the things I do is I actively track where do my clients come from? Like, how did they first get connected to me in some way? How did I get connected to them? And in 20. 18, at the end of 2018, I realized that a good majority of my clients were hearing me on podcasts and pot like as a guest. And I was actually shocked because I wasn't ever pitching myself to podcasts. I hadn't been on that many podcasts at that point. Um, and it was just people who were reaching out to me saying, oh, I heard you speak or so-and-so mentioned you and, you know, will you come on my podcast and talk? So once I realized like, look at these amazing clients that originally came to me from a podcast, I always say like pour gasoline on what's working. Right. So I hired a pitching company that would that started pitching me in 2019 for podcasting. And I was having a lot of success again with like clients coming. And the other thing that happened was 
um, some of those clients were saying when we were getting on live calls, they were like, oh, Nikki, I binge you on podcasts. And I was like, how can you binge me on a podcast? Like I was a guest one time and they're like, no, I just search for your name. And, you know, and then I just listened to 15 episodes of, you know, different podcasts you're on. And that's when like the light bulb went off and I was like, okay, if people are actually just searching for me, there's, there must be people out there that would, that would like to hear just me from a podcast standpoint. So that was the reason for launching my own podcast was that people were telling me they were searching just for my name and going and finding me on, you know, 15 or 20 podcasts. I think at this point, I'm probably been on maybe 200 podcasts. I'm not actually sure. So you can certainly still binge me on other people's podcasts, but I just thought, well, I'll, I'll give, we'll see how it goes, right? I'll give them an opportunity to hear me through the Sales Maven podcast and see how it goes. And it's gone really well. Yeah, I mean, wow, that's amazing to think that people said that they've been binge listening to you and then, and then you don't <laughs> actually have a show, but all of your guest appearances, that's awesome. So yeah, I mean, if ever there was a sign that it could be time to launch your own podcast. So what have the results been like? Have you seen it an even bigger um, amount of people getting in touch with you now saying, I listen to your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. The podcast has been phenomenal. And, and, and I will, and I will honestly say that the clients that listen to my podcast and then come and work with me are even better clients than how great these clients were that were hearing me on other podcasts before, because there's already, you know, in sales, I would say, that my objective a lot of times is to attract my ideal clients, but also to repel the people who are like kind of wishy-washy or, and, or just absolutely hate me. So uh, my goal is always to attract these people as fast as possible and repel the people who are not a good fit. So if you listen to my podcast and you're like, I hate her voice, I can't stand the way she tells stories, you know, or whatever that is, then they're never going to hire me. But the people who listen that are like, oh, I love your story, or I love the, um, the thing that you shared the other day, or I use that technique and it worked like those people are such great clients. And so now we're finding that the people who are coming from the podcast, um, that are coming in as actual paying clients are, you know, really engaged. They're staying longer. They're implementing more of my stuff because they trust me. I've built that trust with them. They're like, okay, I'll take a chance here and I'll do this thing that Nikki is, you know, advising me to do. And then they get really great results. So yeah, I just, I'm so thrilled with my, my own listeners who are becoming clients. They are phenomenal clients. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how, you know, it's not just brought in more leads, but the quality of the clients has improved. And I did a podcast episode or a video about this only the other um, week about how people get to know you, as you said, exactly, people get to know you, they can decide whether they like you. And my point on that was, it's brilliant for getting a better quality lead and better quality customer. But then also when you're hiring as well. So when you're looking to recruit people into the business, um, I always like it when people who apply say that they've listened to some podcast episodes and seen some of my videos, because you're going to be working with me quite a lot. So again, like even from that perspective to it, it really helps people to get to know you. Prior to having the podcast, what other content marketing methods had you tried and uh, had any particularly 
you know worked well or or more so did anything not work well that you know um, you would not advise <laughs> I'm going to say yes to that yes. question um uh, I'll tell you the thing that worked really well is back in 2015 I think it was 2015 I launched um a weekly newsletter where I would put out a sales tip and you know, it took me a little while to get my feet under me with it. But once I did what, again, what I was finding is I would show up at speaking opportunities and people would be like, oh, I read your, you know, your sales tip every single week. Or um, some, I remember actually I've had multiple people tell me this, like I have a Nikki folder in my email. I save every one of your sales tips. And then I go back and reread them when I need like, you know, some advice about something. And so the putting that content out weekly became really important. Now I will also say it was also very time consuming, not, not so much more time consuming than the podcast, but still pretty, pretty time consuming. Um, and, and, you know, with the newsletter, you're only reaching the people who are on your, your list. So the podcast allows you to reach people who are on your list, but also who are just like searching around looking for a topic and maybe you're going to capture their attention that way. So switching from, um, the newsletter to the podcast, we, that has really worked well. The things that, you know, I've, I will say I've tried a lot of, of stuff and spent a lot of money on different like marketing type pieces and putting different types of content out. Um, I, so the things that have worked, the newsletter, the, the, so the sales tip, the podcast, and I find that putting on live free events, uh, giving people an opportunity to get to know me, to hear me, to see me, that also has worked well for me. Um, I guess the things that haven't worked well is I've tried a lot of different and spent a lot of different money on the social media platforms, you know, with advertising and different things like that. And I will say I've had marginal success with it, um, but not not anywhere near the same success that I've had with these other things that I mentioned. No, I think with the social media marketing, you can end up getting a lot of lower quality leads, can't you? The, what you were talking about earlier of the high quality of people listening to podcasts. I know there's more work to put a podcast out than place an ad on Facebook or Instagram, but but the work is worth it because the, you get you can often get a lot of low quality leads and it's quite time consuming. So this leads on to like sales really and sales messaging. So you're obviously the, the queen of, of sales, sales messaging, help you helping people to, <laughs> to to get it right and master that sales message and sales conversation. Now something that I think I know a lot of people struggle with that and I, I've included in that is when you have something like a podcast and you're putting it out there very much to help people and to add value and you know hope that someone always takes something away but we want people to take that next action as well that's why we're you know ultimately it's content marketing for a business it's not a hobby so it's a struggle to weave sales messaging in sometimes because you worry that perhaps you'll come across as salesy but let's say with something like a podcast so long long form piece of content like putting out podcast episodes what tips would you advise to keep the business at the front of the content and make sure that the listeners are aware 
of what you do and the business and next actions they can take and the balance with the value add aspect of it being content you want people to consume how do you get that balance right and how do you weave your business in the sales into something like a podcast episode okay so i i'm going to say that i have a couple answers to this the but the the big overarching answer is that you have to plant seeds throughout the content that starts to allow people to go, oh, hmm, maybe I need some help with that. Or like, oh, that was so good. I wonder what else, you know, would, would happen as a result of working with this person. And so when I talk about planting seeds, there's a couple ways to do it. One is through telling stories. So giving examples, bringing the, you know, if you're teaching something or you're giving a, a tip around something, work a story in or work an example or give a for instance, you know, find you found yourself in this situation. Maybe this is the struggle you've had. Here's what you would do in this situation. Like give some real examples or tell a story of somebody who had some success. So that's one way to plant a seed. And I love storytelling. If you listen to the podcast, you know, I weave a lot of story into the podcast and I, I weave a lot of story into everything that I teach, but, um, the other way is I was really strategic about this when I decided to launch the podcast is that I wanted people to feel like they were a part of the conversation as the listener, but I also wanted them to have the experience of what it's, what is it like to be in the room with Nikki when she's coaching? So I offer on-air coaching calls with people who are existing clients. So they get, these are people who are in my sales maven society, which is my membership group. They get to come on the podcast and I will do a coaching call with them. And that allows the listener to kind of be the observer and go like, Ooh, I wonder what, I wonder what, um, you know, Nikki's going to say, or I wonder if I can anticipate what she's going to say, or what would, what would that, how would that apply to my own business? Like, Oh, she just gave this person some advice. How can I apply that to my own business? And what that does in the mind of the listener is it's almost like you're giving that coaching to them, but without any pressure on them at all, because they, they can take it or not take it. They don't have to respond, you know, cause they get to be that like backseat observer getting to participate, but not having to engage. So if you're not doing some type of coaching calls, cause I, I know there's a lot of podcasters out there that put out amazing content by bringing in guest experts, but if they don't ever get to know what it's like to like, what would it be like if I hired Amy and how would she work with me? And, you know, how would she communicate with me? What, you know, what's her style in coaching? Then it's a missed opportunity. So I, I think all podcasters should do some type of coaching or some type of example of what their work is so that people get that like, Ooh, there's a taste there for me. And then, and then when somebody shows up onto a live coaching private call with me, they're not surprised. They're not like, oh, I thought she was going to be this way and she's this way. It's like, oh, I know what I'm going to get. Like, I already know what I'm going to get when I invest money with her. Yeah, I, I think that's such a brilliant thing to do um, because you have, as you said, you've, you've, got, you've got solo episodes where you are great at weaving in all those stories and it's the spotlight is on you and it is showing that your expertise. And then you do guest interviews as well, don't you, where you'll bring other people on and you'll interview them. But then on-air coaching, I mean, it's just, it's like you said, it's just demonstrating exactly what you do 
to people who may be considering working with you in that capacity and giving people a fly on the wall view of, okay, this is, this is what it'd be like to work with me. So say for businesses that don't offer coaching, so businesses that have podcasts. So for example, um, a content 10X, it's not something that I necessarily offer. Like there's no coaching or consultation side to content mm-hmm. 10X because we're a service-based business. We just have our service then like books and the toolkit. And I am thinking about starting to offer some coaching. Have you st- seen that approach still work even when there isn't a coaching side to the business, but just still bringing people on and you help them through problems, even if it doesn't lead to coaching as a offering for the business? Well, um, I think, yes, you could probably work that in, but I'll, I will say for you, one of the things, I don't know if you, I don't, I didn't notice that this was part of your, so you have to tell me if it is, I have listened to your podcast, but I don't, I don't remember seeing this as part of the like platform, but bring on and do a success story. So I also do those on my podcast, bring on a client and highlight the client and their success. But by highlighting the client and their success, it is a demonstration of the work that you do. So don't be afraid to, you know, let your clients shine in the moment. I, I love doing client success stories. And as a matter of fact, I will say client success stories also are a great converter for me because people are like, oh my gosh, when they hear like so-and-so just did this and look at the results that she got, like, I want those results. So in order to get those, that connection is maybe I should go work with Nikki because then I can have that similar type success, which is true, right? So highlight your clients through a success story if you haven't done that. Yeah, that's such a good suggestion. The podcast has been going for, I don't know, like three and a half years and I can probably count on one hand how many times we've done it. So we clearly need to to do that more. Um, (laughs) Great tips in terms of be subtle, weave weave what you do and what your business is and what you offer with subtleties, Um, share lots of stories, bring um, clients on and share their success stories with them through interviewing them. And then, yeah, on-air coaching what are all great ways to just make sure your podcast is really aligned with with your business. And I guess that goes for, we're talking about podcasts because you and I both have podcasts, but you know, for people who have a video content like weekly um, YouTube videos or LinkedIn videos or whatever, it's all the same, isn't it? Hey, just a little break from this week's episode to let you know about becoming a content 10x insider. If you want more content repurposing tips and advice, then why not join hundreds of business owners, marketers, and content creators who get them delivered straight to their inbox once a week by subscribing to the content 10x newsletter. As well as tips and advice, you get industry updates, inspiring stories, exclusive content offers, and more. You can subscribe at content10x.com forward slash newsletter, and there's a link in the show notes too. Okay, back to this week's episode. If we shift over to social media now, so an interesting thing that I observe is that a lot of people worry so much about becoming quite, I guess, appearing salesy on social media, because we're all told all the time to remember the social in social media and nobody's there to be kind of sold to and you can't constantly be promoting or selling because that's not what social media is about. And it's all about adding value, adding value, adding value. But then I think there are some people who get 
so caught up in the adding value side of things that they go all the way to the other extreme and forget to mention at all that they even have a business. So um, there are actually a few people that I follow and I like their content. It's useful and helpful, but I couldn't for the life of me tell you what their business is. I know, I think they have a business, so, you know, obviously they do by the type of content, but if I had a problem, I wouldn't actually know how they could help solve my problem because they never really mention it. It's never really, you know, brought up in any way. That's the other extreme where if people follow you and they don't even know how they could work with you, then that's one side. And then the other side is being like, oh, like, you know, just like two sales and always kind of telling people about a promotion and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. How do you get that like happy medium and that balance that works on social media, on bite-sized pieces of content that you put out? So I, I'm going to say that I, my first part of this answer is going to also relate to podcasts too, and to social media is that there does need to be a clear next step for people because even though there's this part of you that might be going, well, I don't want to, I don't want to appear salesy. What you do want to appear though is helpful and useful. And it is unsatisfying to somebody who might consume some piece of content either through your podcast or on social media from you and not understand what that next step is. It's actually like, and frankly, our brains are lazy. So it's not like they're going to go track down. Okay, how do I get more? So there needs to be some kind of call to action or some possible next step. So you give a tip and then you go for more do this thing, right? Like whatever that next thing is, make sure you're not missing that step. That's one way. And the other way, instead of always like promote, 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 think about starting conversations. And I give this tip a lot in, in a lot of different instances, but like for instance, on social media, like you might want to talk about your promotion or you might want to highlight your business in some way, but also think about conversation because sales happens through conversation. So you'll often hear me say like your objective is to talk with clients, not at them and with prospects, not at them. And social media is kind of set up where people feel talked at all the time. So learn how to talk with. And one of the ways that you talk with is by asking questions. So let's say you have a promotion coming right now. What if you started your social media post with what's, what's the most exciting thing going on in your life right now? And then, and then you go, here's what's going on in mine. And then you talk about your promotion because now people can either, you know, comment and tell you their answer to like, here's what's going on in my life, Amy. And I'm super excited about it. And then you can start back and go like, congratulations. That's awesome. And now we can have some type of a back and forth dialogue. And a lot of times when I do this, when I pose a question and then I'll share something that is related to me or to my business, then people will go like, Oh, I want to go check this thing out, Nikki. Right. And so it's not, I'm being really clear, like there's an offer <laughs> attached to it, or there's some kind of next step to it. And I'm, I'm in trying to do everything I can to engage in a conversation so that people just don't feel talked at by me all the time. Yeah, that completely makes sense. Um, don't broadcast, but involve. What social media platform works best for you? I'm going to say that there's probably the most engagement for me on Instagram. Um, 
Now I have somebody on my team who does things to engage with people on Instagram, like, you know, for the sales maven brand. Um, so stories have really kind of helped, you know, increase engagement. I do do Facebook ads, which also then get posted into Instagram and it's just interesting how people on Instagram are much more likely to engage with my ad and add a comment than they are on Facebook. And then I am on LinkedIn too. And we're, we're doing some stuff um, working with our mutual friend, Louise Brogan, who's helped, you know, from LinkedIn with Louise, who has really helped um, my team get some more clarity around LinkedIn and how to engage a little bit more there as well. So Instagram's probably the most engagement that I get on social media. And then LinkedIn would be next. That's really interesting. I think I thought that you were going to just say straight off LinkedIn. So it's interesting <laughs> that it was, it's Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's really good. Um, it, so you talk a lot about relationship selling and how yeah. it's different to traditional sales methods. Can you just share a bit more about that? Really intrigued to hear just all about the relationship selling aspect. So when I think about and talk about relationship selling, the idea is that the relationship comes first, that you always have rapport with the person that you're in conversation with or in some type of a dialogue back and forth, and that it isn't about you as the seller. It's really not about you and your business and your offer. It's really about the other person and what's their need, what's their want, what's their you know, problem that they need some support with. And your job is to understand that by asking really great questions. And then with permission, and I say permission here, because that's also part of the relationship with permission, then offer them a possible solution. And if you don't have a relationship, if you don't ask great questions, if you can't listen and pay attention, if you just always go right in for the sale, which I think is very traditional type sales approach is like, I call it the shotgun approach to selling. Like, I'm just going to word vomit on as many people as possible and see who wants to buy my stuff, right? Like we're so sick of that as a, I think as a society, so asking really great questions so that there's some dialogue, there's some back and forth, and then getting permission before you go in for that sale, it, it just, it smooths the waters for the sales process. Because if you have somebody's permission to put an offer in front of them, they're ready to hear your offer. They're much more likely to take it. And versus, I, I mean, I'm sure you get these all day long too, of people reaching out to you through LinkedIn and people reaching out to you through your email that are just like, I just want to sell something to you, Amy. And you're like, well, first of all, you don't even have my permission to be emailing me first and foremost. And now you're just selling me something. I don't know who you are. We have no relationship. So therefore delete or move on, right? Keep scrolling. So that's what I think about when I think about relationship selling. When I get one of those messages on LinkedIn, when I accept somebody's um, connection request that I don't know, and I just think I'll accept because it sounds like they're it could be relevant. And the first thing they do is send an inbox message just immediately, like you said, just going straight for the sale um, or just just straight for the ask, like immediately asking me to sign up to something. I've got to be honest, like I now just remove the connection and delete them because yeah. I just think, me too. Oh, I, I don't want you to be connected to me. It's a shame. Um, so yeah, in terms of say, does a discovery call? So Somebody has maybe filled out a pre-qualified form that you have on the site, answered various questions, 
like past that stage and you've now said, okay, you know, gone through that and you are, I'd like to progress you through to a discovery call with me. When you have that discovery call, I guess, do you consider that to be the permission because they fill that in or is it more about the structure of the call? So make sure the first half of the agenda is discussing their current problems and that kind of thing, and then come in with, well, here's the solution that I could provide through my uh, product or service. How does it work if they've kind of qualified through answering various questions and things like that already? Yeah. So I love this question so much. Well, I want to first say that I teach a a structure to sales called the selling staircase and there's five steps to it. Step three is the discovery. So when you get to step three and your job as the seller, by the way, is to seamlessly move people from step to step. So you need to understand what step you are on before you move to the next step. So when you're on step three in the discovery call, The objective of the discovery call, first and foremost, is to pre-frame what what the the intent of the call is. So an example of a pre-frame is if you and I got on a call, you you answered some questions on my website and you scheduled a call with me, I'm going to pre-frame at the beginning and say, you know, Amy, it's so nice to meet you. I'm looking forward to finding out a little bit more about you. We're scheduled to chat for 15, 20 minutes. Does that still work for you? So I'm going to check that's creating safety. And then I'm going to say, now, in order to make this call meaningful and productive for you, is it okay if I start with a couple quick questions? Notice I'm asking permission. And if you give me permission to then ask you questions, now I'm going to ask you what I call strategic questions that are going to lead you to the path to either hiring me or get, you know, getting to the place where I can actually move to step four, which is the proposal, or it's going to help you and me identify that you're not an ideal client. And then in that case, I'm going to bless and release you <laughs> in the nicest, kindest way so that we can both move on in our life to wherever we want to go next. So I'm going to ask permission to ask questions. Then I'm going to ask you questions that are uncovering what's the problem, what's the need, what's the want, and also leading you down this path of like, oh, based on my answer and based on the questions that Nikki's asking me, I can already tell that there's something that she knows how to do that I would like to know how to do, or there's something that she teaches that I want to learn or whatever that piece is. And then once I've done my discovery calls, then I'm going to ask permission to move to step four in the process. And the way I might do that is I might say, you know, Amy, based on what you've shared with me today, I do see a way that we could work together. Would you be interested in hearing more about that? So I'm not going to just, you know, and this is a mistake that people often make in the discovery is they, they ask a question, the person answers, they start selling their solution. Then they ask another question, the person answers, then they sell a different solution. And by the end, the poor prospect is so overwhelmed with information, they will not make a decision because now they have decision fatigue or they have overwhelm with this amount of information that you word vomited all over them. So instead, keep it really clear, discovery, and then with permission, then proposal, then you lay out the offer. Because sometimes one answer to one question might completely change what you would actually offer in the proposal. But if you don't ask that question, if you start selling before you get to that question, you might totally miss the mark. And then this person might leave thinking, oh, Nikki doesn't have anything that I need. Well, 
that's my fault because I didn't ask the right questions and I didn't even get to all the questions before I started selling. So make sure that you're really clear about that. And then step five, by the way, I just want to call this out is once you lay out a really clear offer, step five is what I call close. So you have to issue close language. Step five, by the way, is the second most missed step in the selling staircase. People oftentimes will lay out the offer, but then they don't actually ever get to the place that says, you know, you know, here's a way we could work together, Amy. Is that something you'd like to move forward with? That's the close. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Everything that you just said, such great advice. I'm going to be implementing all of that, especially about the asking permission. Um, I actually learned from you on one of your podcasts, something that I was doing wrong, um, which is not providing the next step as well. So I remember taking your advice on an episode that you once recorded where you explain that sometimes people just leave it hanging with you know I'll leave it with you well this is what I always used to do I would say like I look forward to hearing your thoughts or I'll kind of leave it with you and that kind of thing and and just leaving it in the air like but what is the next step like I look forward to hearing from you and you know just so that you know the next step would be and like providing a bit more direction and and still being in control I guess while she leaving it with them it's your sales process isn't it so making sure that you don't just pass the baton over to them and then they don't actually know what what the next step is or they don't or they're not interested um but is is that something that you recommend have you had a discovery call and then perhaps then thought through solutions and sent through a proposal or or a brief or something of how you could work together is that something at that stage you would then present next steps and so if you want to go ahead then we'd agree a date or you'd pay the first invoice or whatever is that the point at which it's like let's talk next steps yeah and when I say proposal just to be really clear it might involve a formal proposal that you actually send something but it also might just be a conversation a part of the conversation so you might not actually need to send the proposal so I I will just be really clear that I am a big big fan of closing that sale if and when the client is ready to buy on that call. So if the client is ready to buy, you take that order, you take their, you know, you get that first payment or whatever that is. But if the client is in this place of like, send it to me, you don't say, okay, I'll send it to you. Let me know. No, you say, great. I'll have that to you today or tomorrow, whenever you're going to send it. And then I would say now, um, is it okay for us to go ahead and schedule a circle back call now? That way I can answer any questions that come to mind based on the information I'm going to send over. And then we can talk about best next steps for working together. Let's go ahead and get that on our calendars now. And then I schedule that circle back call. And the objective of the circle back call is one, you're making it super easy for the client to continue moving forward. They now know what next steps are. Next steps are for them to review the information. And then uh, we have a call scheduled on Thursday at 10 or whatever it is. So by then they need to have at least had some thought about moving to next steps with you. But if you never have that call scheduled, they may never actually take time to think about, oh, I want to hire Amy and, or, oh, I really need help with this. Or, oh, I have this question. Like maybe she, maybe she doesn't do this, but we got to get that question answered in order for them to hire you. And that's only going to happen if you have what I call a circle back call scheduled with them. And it makes it super easy for the client Because if you put the ball in their court of the like, hey, just let me know when you decide, 
they're not going to let you know, and you're going to postpone them getting a solution to the problem they have. And when somebody else comes along that offers something similar to you and makes it so easy for them to like go to whatever the next step is, they're going to hire that other person, not because you're not as good, but because you didn't make it easy. It's all about making it easy. Yeah. 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 I've got one last question to ask you and it's, it's maybe it's a bit of a biggie. Okay. So you talk about helping people shift the way that they think about sales. What would you say is the biggest mind shift that people need to make? What's the biggest thing that seems to be stuck in people's minds that the shift needs to to happen for them to become more open and confident and better at making sales? Well, for a mindset shift, if you have a mindset that people who are selling and are getting paid for their work in some way is negative or that's that's wrong in some way, um, you are doing a huge disservice to not just you and your business. And frankly, I would say like, you should treat your business like it's a baby, like it's your own kid. You know, you want what's best for it. You've got to do what's best for it. You will miss out on working with people who absolutely need your expertise and your genius in the world. You will miss out on making an impact in people's lives because of this like mindset thing that it's time to change. And so when I think about sales, when I teach sales, the objective of sales is not, your job is not to try to convince anybody of anything. And if you have this mindset of like, I got to convince people to buy from me, you're approaching it wrong because that is about you. And instead sales, sales isn't something you do to somebody. Sales is something you do with people. And when you show up from this place of like, I'm, I'm showing up from a place of curiosity. I'm showing up from a place of wanting to understand what's going on with you. And do I have a solution? And if so, like, it's almost my obligation to put it in front of you, offer you some type of a solution. And the only way you're going to value the solution and take action on it, frankly, is if they pay you money. Like the, your client, if you give all of your stuff away for free, people really won't value you. And it's not because your stuff isn't good. It's because people value what they pay for. They have to have kind of like some skin in the game, right? And then when they get results, they feel good about themselves because they're like, look at me. I invested in this and look what happened in my life as a result. I feel really good about that decision, but if they get it for free, there's no incentive to like to do anything with it. Nothing changes and they stay stuck. So sales is really this idea of let's, let's approach sales from relationship first, rapport always. And sales is something you do with the other person, not to them. And you'll find that it gets much easier because you're no longer focused on what are they thinking about me? And are they worried? Like, are they thinking I'm salesy? And are they, no, they're thinking about them and how does this apply to them? So make it about them because that's much more interesting, frankly, to a prospect of them and their situation than you worried about what's going on, like in their mind about you. They're probably not really thinking about you that much. No, I absolutely love that. Um, if for people who are nervous about going into things like discovery calls, to just say that to yourself, and this is something I'm doing with somebody, not to, not at them, it really mm. does shift 
you know, you're going to work through this together, aren't you? And you're going to come out of this the other side and hopefully you'll be helping them. That's absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Nikki. <laughs> now, I said I had one last question, one question which I asked, but I actually have one more, um, which is, well, firstly, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been fantastic. So the key question is, um, if people want to stay in touch with you and find out more, um, where do you want them to go? And is there any next step actually that you would like our listeners to take from listening to this episode? Oh, thank you for having me. And yes, as the listener, I would love to offer you a gift. So this is a next step gift and you can get this. It's my ebook. I'm going to give it to you for free. It's called closing the sale. And it really kind of focuses on that language of step three, four, and five. And it's all about building confidence. There's actual language suggestions in there for you. So to give some clarity around it, and you can get that by going to your sales maven and it's M A V E N your forward slash 10 X. So one zero X that's for your listeners. I would love to give that to you and then we'll be connected and we'll have an opportunity. I'd love to get to know more about you as the listener and um, give you an opportunity to know a little bit more about who I serve and what I do and there'll be some, some nice little extras there for you too. But so come get the ebook, yoursalesmaven.com forward slash 10 X and we'll be connected. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. That's great. Well, we'll make sure that we post the link to that in the blog post and the show notes and everything like that as well. And in any social mentions that we make about the episode. So um, thanks so much, Nikki. That's awesome. Well, it's been fantastic to have you on the show. It's been a really great conversation. So uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that discussion and thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the content 10x podcast, then why not hit that subscribe button on your podcast listening app of choice so that you can get updated when new episodes are released. And I'd really, really appreciate it if you could leave a review as well. That really makes a difference for the podcast. Also, please do get a copy of my book, Content 10x, more content, less time, maximum results. It is the ultimate guide to repurposing every type of content and it's available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback and also in audiobook as well and you can head to content10x.com forward slash book to find all the other places that you can get a copy of my book and if you would like us to do your content repurposing for you then we offer a fully end-to-end done-for-you content repurposing service this is for podcasters and video content creators we have our podcast 10x video 10x and also our specific LinkedIn 10x service helping you to become the leading authority in your industry on LinkedIn. You can find out so much more about our services on our website and also please do give me a follow on the social media platforms. I share lots and lots of tips and advice on social media about content repurposing. I'm at content10x on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and if you try content10x.com forward slash LinkedIn you'll find my LinkedIn profile over there as well. All that's left to say is thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I'll catch you in the next one.